Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you had a great week. Mine was pretty good. There's a chance that we may actually found the house. We just have to get it checked. Um, we may make an offer today or tomorrow. Um, just pray over it. That'd be really cool. But anyways, I have a lot to talk about today. So I'm going to jump right in it. We're calling this Lust the Wondering Eye. Some guys have been actually asking about talking about dealing with like sexual sins and lust and immorality and those type of areas. And today it's going to be a really powerful, strong concept of thoughts all thrown together. I did a lot of like just listening to sermons and articles and uh, just listening to different things. And even, even people I've met throughout the years and, and the struggles they've gone through, I've realized that is, this is a big topic. Okay. Outright. I'm going to say this men struggle with lust. I'm not saying some, I'm not saying men like many, I think all men do. And that includes those that may be struggling with the opposite sex sin issues. You see, lust is a desire of the heart with a sexual intent. It may not mean like having sex with everybody. So I want to be clear that this discussion is going to be a deep discussion. So if you're under the age of 18, I would suggest maybe having your dad with you or another guy that's talking with you to maybe help you with some questions. But all of you guys, if you know people in your life that are struggling with lust, this may be a good podcast series or I should say episode for them. Anyway, all men struggle with lust Many of us have stepped into sins that have snared us, that have entrapped us, that have become a habit, a gross immortal, immoral acts that we have ingested in. You know, we could think of porn, but there is many other ways that we are doing it. That we are getting that feeling, that desire, that, that way to so-called escape, that desire of chasing, the desire of wanting, the desire of feeling wanted. We have found ways to be able to successfully feel that. But I want you guys to think about the why. Now, there is some reasons that it could be, you know, my, you know, my dad got me into porn. There could be all these millions of stories that people can have. But the out, the, the, I would say the, the basis outline of everything comes down to us making a choice. But where does it begin? It begins with a glance. It begins with a glance. I want you to understand that it's hard sometimes because we want to so badly have a concept of what we want it to be, but it starts with a glance. We can start with um, going, let's see, going to Psalms. <clears throat> so Psalms 101.3 states this, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. 
I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not, it shall not cling to me. It will set no worthless, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I want you guys to think about that. What we see, because guys are very visual, guys are very observant of things that attract them, whether it is a house, whether it's a car, whether it's a person, whether it is the desires that are hidden in our hearts that we have tried to make invisible, but really in reality, we do see. That is why in so-called jokes of TV shows and movies is the guys are looking for hot women and, and attractive women. And that's why they talk about going to um, bars that have strippers or going to places that have scantily dressed women because there is an enticement that men do struggle with this sin. But in our culture, it is a normal perspective, even though today we do have a lot of women who are saying, I'm tired of men looking at me sexually. Well, I mean, I will be honest, if you are showing off areas that attract guys' eyes, you're going to be looked at that way. I'm being straightforward. I mean, I know some women listen to this, but I want you to understand it is there. Okay. That is not something that guys can just turn off. This is something that is a part of the man and has been corrupted by this in nature. Because, yes, we are to be full-heartedly attracted to our mates and, our, and, and love them and put our whole heart in it. But we, because of sin, it's become a lustful sexual desire that has corrupted that. And so it doesn't become a normal attraction that it should be because you can have your best friend and be connected and love them and love everything about them, but there's still going to be that flesh desire that's there. And I can tell you this, women, you struggle with a similar perspective. So this is not just like a man only uh, perspective on sin battles because women struggle with lust too. I mean, I've heard women and I have seen women say comments about other guys. So I know it's a battle there too. Secondly, uh, after it become after a glance, it becomes a mental battle with lies to deceive ourselves. Now, if we go to James one thirteen through sixteen, it says, "No one's to say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone." Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. I repeat that, but each one is tempted when he is carried away by uh, carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, that's that that's the point after glancing that we linger too long or we start to, in our head start thinking about things more beyond just a simple glance it is conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it's when it has run its course brings forth death and when we get snared by or by the enslavement of the sin of lust we are never satisfied we are never satisfied. We go to Proverbs 27, 20. 
It's just a simple statement about Sheol and, and Abaddon are never satisfied. And that's basically talking about like hell that hungers for the lost souls of those that don't know God. It says, nor are the eyes of a person ever satisfied. Now we can mix this into all the other sins. Cause like greed, you know, we're never satisfied with money. But if you think about it, lust and desire of a woman is the same thing. Once you taste it, you want more of it. Once you engross yourself into it, the more unsatisfied you become and the more satisfied you desire into finding being satisfied, but it will never end. And that is why guys and women get caught up in porn or get caught up in building relationships. That's why relationships actually struggle because that is the other part of having a battle with lust. It doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you, family, especially it destroys and corrupts and, and just encapsulates this wrong view of relationship. It destroys the concept of what a marriage between a man and woman is supposed to be, what relationships are supposed to be, whether it's a guy with a, you know, a guy with a guy like best friends, or, you know, even if he has girlfriends that are just friends, it goes and it affects, uh, you know, the, the girl you're interested in marrying or wanting to date. It goes into then when you guys are married and you have kids, it starts affecting your kids because it doesn't just like just disappear just because now you're married and now you have responsibility. Like there is so many times where I hear people thinking It'll, the thing that can solve the problem could be just having a kid or, you know, getting this new house or getting this car, or getting a better job. Or maybe if I just like just stop being so aggressive or angry, you know, we start thinking about all these things. If I stop doing all A, B and C and D and E then, you know, this desire that I have where I'm not satisfied with my wife or not satisfied with my girlfriend or not satisfied with my kids because I don't, I, I keep hungry for more things outside of those relationships because there's responsibility. Yes. And I understand that, but because of your battle with your heart, you keep trying to justify, excuse me, justify all these other milestones to think that it's going to pull you away from that battle. Because I've seen it too many times where the girl has an immature husband or uh, someone that needs to kind of grow up a little bit. And so they try to get pregnant. So that way, maybe he'll grow up. And then every single time, the guy still hasn't grown up. Because the problem is it's not giving the person responsibility that's going to make them better. It's them dealing with their battles that they have currently that they need to get fixed. And that means spending time maybe with a good pastor counselor who can mentor them or a man who is a very good mentor that can help shape him into a more godly man. It's spending time in God's word. It is Praying, it is hungering yourself into the scriptures, hungering yourself and asking God to cleanse you. It's, it's like, as we're going to get more into, but putting aside or running away from those issues so that you're not tempted and pulled into them. You see, there is a lot of things that we try to do to try to excuse 
And the thing is, the scriptures talk about how the Bible uh, says, you know, your transgressions, will, those are basically our outer sins and desires showing out, like doing, acting. We, we think that is what gets passed down through the generations of the family, but it's actually talking about the iniquities. It's the eternal desires of your sins that have never been dealt with. Because guess what? When I talk about it's affecting your family, your son is going to notice your struggle. And this could lead into all the other sin issues you have. Your anger. It could lead to maybe you're fibbing a bit. Or maybe, you know, not showing any emotion. Or maybe uh, not do, treating your wife very well. That All of that, that's because that's the eternal battles inside you are being presented and outwardly. And your kids will notice the eternal battle more than you think. A lot of times we think, oh, no, they just all they see is the outer. That's why, you know, when you hear parents like, oh, that's why, you know, uh, my wife and I, we go to the room and we argue in there. No, it doesn't work that way because we kids, when we were younger, can tell that there's something not right. Because there's the eternal battle. And this is why it's so important for you guys to make sure you are walking with the Lord now if you're not married, and if you are married or planning to get married, start cleansing yourself. Start asking the Lord, I, I, I got to remove this guck. And it made me think about a song that's been around for a long time by Casting Crowns called Slow Fade. I'm going to have it on the Facebook page and group, and it's also going to be in the Discord right now for the men's group there. You got to understand, you, you watch it several times. Because the way they did the video is they start out kind of at the end of the story, but they rewind the full story back to the beginning to the one choice that he had to make. One choice. And from that one choice, because of a glance, made all the stuff that you saw in the beginning happen. And that's the domino effect of what happens when you don't protect your heart and your eyes from what you're seeing will affect the hearts and the mind and start changing what is true and holy and, and, and corrupt it. And that's why it affects everybody. You see, it's the excitement that we that we feed on you know that the that if you some of you might have done you know where you were sneaking around with your girlfriend and doing stuff you weren't supposed to be doing or even now with some of the things you might be doing that excites you you see it's not just simple little things that happen we, we don't pay attention because we because it's not really happening. So we think just because it is a visual game that we don't have to worry about our heart battle. So we watch TV shows that are the biggest fad like Game of Thrones and just say, oh, I'll just fast forward those moments. Maybe it's the comic books that you've been looking at and thinking on. Maybe anime, games, hobbies that you do, anything. 
You know, that's just a visual part of things. But here's something I want you guys to think about. What about the stores that you go to? The restaurants you go to? Church? Workplace? Is there some type of woman that you long to say hello to? Shake her hand? Give her a hug? You see, sometimes it's not just the visual stuff that we watch. It's the people we meet. Because a lot of times when guys are struggling with this lust issue, it's because they feel that their wives are not listening to them or paying attention to them. And that, in some cases, could be the wife's problem of learning how to do that. But the part that's our responsibility is the choices that we make. Because I'm sure some of you guys have had moments where there is that woman that just makes you feel good. Because I, I know what it's like. I remember when I was younger, there was some women that were really nice to me and, and they were very attractive. And, you know, it, it was more, it was more prevalent to me because of not, you know, I never met, had to know my wife back then. So I was looking for a woman, you know, I was looking for someone to, to be interested in. And so I noticed more of that. And that's what got me more visually understanding that, you know, women do or may in our heads, we think women are doing something when they're not. And you need to be really careful with that. But it's also because you see something you want over there. It's kind of the phrase like, you know, sometimes we think that our neighbor's yard is greener than our yard. So we envy that. Which, hey, isn't that what we talked about last week? The Ten Commandments. Don't envy your neighbor's wife. Don't envy your neighbor's stuff. You see... Because it's part of that never being satisfied. And that's why it's called be careful about the wandering eye. Because when it, when they're talking about wandering, they're meaning you're, you're taking your eyes off of the actual road that you're supposed to be on. And you're wandering into the forest or wandering over the hills because you think as you're going down this path, it's just a dirt road you see this hill full of flowers and so you're like hmm, i wonder if there's something better over there and so you wander off and that's where this idea or this thought concept comes from you know and then we can go to matthew 5 where it says it states starting in verse 27 you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, if your right eye is causing you to sin, tear it out, throw it away from you. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, that part we're going to talk about a little bit later, but... The first part I more want you guys to start thinking about. There's going to be some excuses like, yeah, well, I'm not married and that girl's not married. So why would I'm not committing adultery? I want you to think about something. Paul mentions 
Also, if you have a burning sensation in your bowels, which is talking about that desire for sex and sexual stuff, do get married. Right? So, one thing I always told young people when I used this verse before. The person you're thinking on is not your wife, too. God knows who her husband is. So you're committing adultery with some other man's wife. I want you to think about that too. You see, it starts with the eyes. It is not about the action. It's the eyes, the choices that you make. The action is the transgression that you've done. You've committed the sin, but it starts with the eyes, the mind, the heart. That's where it begins. So how do you keep yourself from going in that direction? Don't put yourselves into situations that make you think that way. It's really that simple of an answer. But we're going to talk about it more in the second half of this, and I'll see you right after this commercial. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second half. And now we're going to be talking about a little bit more in depth on understanding what to do. Okay. So I have two stories, which I have probably have said and mentioned a million times over, or even gone back to several times, but it is the, both of the two perfect examples about dealing with lust and the battle of the sinful desires that we have of wanting to commit and do what we're not supposed to be doing. Right. King David and Bathsheba and Joseph and Potiphar's wife. King David is the perfect example. If you want to go to, you go to second Samuel 11 and technically it's the whole, it's basically the whole chapter, <clears throat> but we're going to talk about the first five verses because the key thing is in that part. It was, then it happened in the spring at the time when Kings go out to battle David, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they brought destruction on the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed in Jerusalem. That right there is what we were talking about. Where are you going to please yourself? Are you where you're supposed to be? So here's the interesting thing in that slow fade song at the end, the little girl asks her dad, where are you going? He says, well, I have to go to a, on a business trip. 
Now you see that choice that he made, he was going to the business trip to be able to be with that woman that he had seen. And she goes, do you have to? And he looked at her and he said, you know, I don't have to. I think they can, they can skip me for this time. And he decides to stay. That is what we're talking about in this moment. That's what we're talking about with, with David. He was not where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be with his men out in battle doing what he was supposed to be doing, his responsibilities. Other parts of this make me think about is that we as men, when we're put in situations where we have too much, I, I don't want to use the word free time, but it's the free time to glance around. So I'm not talking about you guys need to be busy and filled with all sorts of stuff because that's coming into, you know, too much stuff. But the idea is that your mindset where your focus is, is not on your responsibility, which is like, you know, your wife, your kids doing your job, not overworking, but doing your job to do your job, bring in, you know, the money that needs to be to take care of all the responsibilities of the house or the apartment. It means, you know, building up the relationships, you know, hanging out with the right type of like type of people, because I will tell you this, the other main thing that guys do have issue with is the type of people they hang out with. A lot of times we don't think about that, but think about it when you were younger, did the type of people you hang, like you hung out with in high school affect you? And the answer is going to be yes. So if you're hanging around a type of people that like to party and get lucid with other women, even though they may be married or not married, and you're still hanging out with them at parties at bars and they're just hitting on women, what do you think that is doing to you? A lot of times we would say, oh, well, you know, I'm not interested in that. But the thing is, it's going to fester in your heart. It's going to come in. It's going to be in your mind. It's going to have thoughts because as soon as like your wife does something that makes you mad, where do you think you're going to start doing Oh, no, I would never do that. You can't say that because all it takes is a woman at the bar with your friends who treats you in your mind better than what your wife treated you. What do you think you're going to do? Because those guys aren't going to say, hey, no, man, remember, you're married. They're not going to do that. Yeah, man, go for it. You see, the, you're, the people that you hang out with do affect the way you think. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. It doesn't matter how much you might spend time in prayer and, and keep that focus. All it takes is that one slip, that one glance, that one opportunity, that one choice. You put yourself into that position. You're a single guy at home sitting in front of the computer. There's many choices. But it comes to a choice. Right? David chose to stay home. Verse 2. Now at the evening time, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of his king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. Problem number two. Not only did he glance, he noticed that she was bathing. Now, if you know that anybody's bathing, are they fully clothed? No. Two, 
He knows that she was beautiful. Now that should have been it. Should have turned around, out of respect, walked back downstairs in his roof. Now what did he do? So David sent servants and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Problem number three. He found out she's married. Yes, he noticed. He glanced a little bit too long. She's married. Now, what he what should he have done? He should have said, oh, oh, she's married. Never mind. I'll forget about it. But it's because it didn't, in his heart, that's not where he was at. In his heart, he was already desiring her more than just a glance. You see, this moment wasn't like hours or days later. These are moments. It might have been a day. Could have been just a few hours. But this wasn't something that happened, you know, like a week later. And suddenly, you know, he's doing this. It, that's how quickly your desires can just click right in. Which is why we always have guys that struggle with porn like crazy. Why they are so-called addicted. It's because that moment they want to have that fulfillment of that desire because he glanced too long. Now, it would have been fine... Well, even though he is married, but like today's say, because like back then marriage was a little bit different and how it was used. But in today and how we are and what, you know, scripture does focus on a man of one, you know, one man with one woman, you know, clarified in the New Testament. The idea is that, hey, oh, um, I'm not married. I did see a beautiful woman and I find out her name. That's, that's not meaning you're doing sin. So like if there's a woman that you saw and she works at the place you work at a restaurant and you're like, Oh, she's really pretty. I really like her. And you go and find out who she is. Now you go find out that she's married and you still pursue her. Something's wrong in your heart. Now the battle is that from that point where you saw her is, you know, you're not, using your imagination going further than you're supposed to. Because what I'm saying is not, I don't want you guys running around blinders across your eyes and like closing your eyes and not talking to women, not shaking their hand, not giving them an appropriate hug, um, you know, not having friends that are girls. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is your heart and lingering in the stuff that you take in and what you abuse in your mind to go further than what it was supposed to do. Because you're going to meet women and you can't avoid them all and you can't sit there and close your eyes because she's attractive. You're going to have to make a choice. You could shake their hand and, you know, if it's something that you're wanting to linger, you could just say, hey, I need to go and you could just walk away. There's nothing wrong with that. But in David's case, you can feel the tension of lingering because he was wanting to know more about her. And even after being told, this is what he did. He sent messengers again and had her brought. And when she came to him, it wasn't, hey, how's it going? It was, he wanted to be with her. Now he crossed the line. This is the transgression. 
that because of lingering because he glanced too long, but that's where it begins. And this is where, boom, you got to, you got to protect yourself. So you're not at this point, but the woman conceived. And then what did David do? Did David go, Oh, I can't believe I did this wrong and go and apologize to Uriah for taking his wife. No, try to hide it. You see, the next thing that goes on when we start getting into this battle of lust is a lot of lying. And it's not necessarily lying out loud. It's lying to yourself, lying to your mind, lying to your heart, lying like, you know, opportunities. You, you keep lying to yourself. Basically, you, you keep convincing yourself this is not a big deal, no problem. But David literally was lying about it. He tried to hide cover up. Cover up is like a lie. Okay. You're literally deceiving and deceiving is a lie. And the 10 commandments, one of the rules was thou shalt not lie. Okay. Secondly, then what did David do when he couldn't get the cover up to work? He murdered. Now I'm not saying we're all going to be running around murdering people by this concept, but you need to remember when you don't want to be caught, what do humans like to do? They like to cover up the sin and they there. And it's not just in lust. It's every aspect from greed to lying, to stealing, to not wanting to look bad. Pride, you know, is always going to sneak its ugly little head inside because David was so prideful. He didn't want to look bad. He didn't want people to think of him bad. He was the king. Of course, he didn't want the whole kingdom to go, oh, did you hear what David did? So he tried to cover it up, which he did through murder, except for God. And of course, it's written down in the in scriptures. So there's a lot of people that know what he did. And he was confronted. And he repented. Right? The question is, after Nathan confronted him, rebuking him, telling him the full story of the, of the lamb, that's in 2 Samuel 12, if you're interested in reading that part, God still punished and there is consequences for our actions or choices. Some of them might be things that may stick with us for years in our mind and our heart that we did this and we feel bad for it, but they are a reminder to always protect yourself to make sure you don't do something like that again. But in this case, David lost his son or baby. Actually, I don't know if we know the son or daughter, but he lost his baby with Bathsheba. But and David in his tears and his crying repented. See, the key thing is once we realize, hey, you know, I struggle with lust. I struggle with pornography, looking at images or looking at women wrong. And we go through this battle. We need to understand that we need to repent. Lord, I am begging you to forgive me and I need your help to battle the sin. Now, of course, he can help with all that. But if, as we look at David, he didn't do it again, which means David changed something in his life. 
when he's supposed to be out in battle, he wasn't on his roof at home. When he saw a beautiful woman, he didn't ask information about her. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just saying, hey, I'm interested in this girl and I want to meet her. It's different when it's, he realized that what he did, he festered into that glance a deeper and desired her more than getting to just know who she is. Because if he was just interested in knowing her, he wouldn't have asked her to come once he found out she was married. And two, even if he did find out she was married, he would never have asked her to come, period. You see, that was a choice. Started with a glance, started with a festering of thought, and then it jumped into making a choice. The next person I want to talk about was Joseph. Joseph is a very good example. He went, he's gone through a lot. I do think he was very prideful when he was sharing his dreams to his brothers, but the part we want to talk about is the Pot Potiphar's wife and him. The story is found in Genesis 30, 39, but we're going to talk about 11 through 12 because specifically what Joseph did. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the household was there inside. Being at the wrong place at the wrong time, but also you guys, are we putting ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time on purpose so that we can get that feeling and desire of lust and, and putting ourselves into that position? Are we feeling it before, when we're coming home and so we rush to put our baby to sleep so that we can look at porn? You see, those are all choices. Okay. He grabbed him by his garment saying, sleep with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. He ran away from the problem. He ran away from the lust desire. He ran away from someone lusting after him. You see, this is the other part of our choices. We can choose to run. We can choose to get away. We can choose to not allow the temptation to be fed, to, to, uh, to conceive sin desire. God can forgive and he can redeem you. It is not loss. You, you, it's not that you have no hope of being able to be honored and loved by him. That doesn't mean that there's no chance that you can't uh, get back on track. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, come to a point where, man, you know, my life is clean and cleared. No, this is the opportunity that you get right now to be able to make a choice to fall down on your knees repent of the sin changing asking God to change your life to clear your mind to clear your heart to take the guck that has been holding on to you for this so long and make into practice of not putting yourself into positions where you are tempted to not put yourselves in position where you're looking at another woman because you're you're mad at your wife to not put you in yourself in a position 
where there's someone that's trying to use the situation that you're in to take advantage of you. And you are given that moment because God will give you a way to get out of temptation. But the only real way that you can understand that more is if you understand your scriptures. If you know your scriptures and you stand by it because we can go to the one situation when Jesus was tempted. And what did he do? He shared verses to Satan's temptations. Jesus is the best example that we can have to understand how to defeat that. Know him, understand him, spend time understanding his ministry, because that's part of learning what the disciples teach. But I want you to understand that means the whole Bible. Jesus didn't use New Testament scripture against Satan. He used Old Testament scripture against Satan. There's wonderful examples of people that God had placed in responsibility who did sin and made bad choices and the consequences are there to see. This desire for lustful sexual desires is going to be there and it's going to be a battle and it's going to be an everyday battle that we have to face as men. That's why I tell you, Find men that are going to teach you to walk with the Lord, who are going to walk beside you and pray with you and, and, and help you as you battle just specifically the lust desires. They'll keep you accountable. Some of those guys might have had it where they were struggling really bad and they may have even better answers than I could possibly give. I'm always learning. You know, when I hear people's stories and, and I hear different things that go on in people's lives, I'm always learning. And I realize, you know, scripture has all the answers, but people have experiences that you can see where they learned from the scriptures to how to counter it. Because God showed them something that maybe I didn't even notice in the scriptures. To help them go, you know, I, I, I struggled, but God showed me this and I'm, I'm making sure there's a lot of pastors who, you know, struggled with it in the past too. There, there's you know, like not all pastors were born <laughs> Christians, basically you know, brought up in a Christian family and had everything going for them. And they were saved when they were young. Some pastors didn't accept Christ until their early twenties. And then they went to ministry. And they had a hard life. They're partiers. They understand too, but the scriptures do does have the answers. And the only way you could find them out is by spending time studying them. But understand, it's going to be a battle. But we have a king who has conquered every sin, who's conquered the consequence of sin and death. And all we have to do is say, Lord, lead me out of this desire. Show me where I need to go. Show me how to focus on you more. Show me how to pray more. Show me how to keep myself accountable. Show me how to be able to run away like Joseph did from situations that are pulling me in. And I'm going to leave you with this. like Run from lustful situations around you. It starts with a glance. 
Do not be in a position that supports that lust. Run, run to God and chase after him. This is why David was known as the man after God's own heart. Because he made mistakes and repented. And he changed. He watched his choices. Even, in, even though he made mistakes later on in life. He still made the choice and he was watchful. This is why it says be on guard, protect your heart, guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your heart. Guard your heart, guard your heart, because that's all it takes. All it takes is that glance that feeds into the desire of the heart and your mind starts creating something more. That is when sin is conceived. So it starts with the eyes, guys. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this podcast, that it will be used to help men, help them to understand that it is... A battle they will have to face every day because we, you know, that's why we have the full armor of God. But they have to understand they don't have to be enslaved and stuck in this sinful battle. They have a king who has conquered it all, and all they have to do is repent. They have to ask you to cleanse their hearts and change their minds and change their perspectives. Help them to run away, Lord, from these lustful desires that want to keep pulling them in. Break that chain that is holding them down stuck today. I ask, Lord, give them this opportunity to just fall on their knees and just repent. And seek cleansing and seek hope in you again. None of them are so lost that they can't come back to you. I pray today if somebody feels that way, remind them, Lord, you went and got the one sheep. They're that sheep. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed week, and I will see you next time. God bless.